Do you have a question about your home? Call Ken the Contractor. I've got a question about a roof. Is it possible for just part of the roof to be peeled off and re-shingled only about a 10-foot section and blended in with the other roof rather than having to do the whole roof again? I have a need for an electrical heater for our basement room, and it's only used several times a year. Could you discuss uh, electrical space heaters? My husband and I are hanging a lighting fixture, and we're trying to take the old fixture down. I was wondering if it's safe to cut the wires with scissors on the electric Electricity is turned off completely to the room that we're working on. Do you have a question about your home? Call Ken the Contractor. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another hour of Ken the Contractor, along with Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor. I'm Jim Brent. Our phone lines are open, as always. If you have a question for Ken, you can always reach Ken at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. Or you can email your questions to our website, KenTheContractor.com. Now, this time of year poses a lot of problems for many people around the country, especially if you live in a colder climate. Problems with hardwood flooring, you see it cupping on occasion, you may have joints that open up, you may see some splitting in the flooring itself. You may also find that you have exposed woodwork now that used to be painted, now you're seeing raw wood in some cases, or perhaps seeing that split or paint. What we want to talk a little bit about today are things that you can do, whether you're doing a home project yourself or you're hiring a pro that eliminates some of these problems, and some things that you can pay a little attention to from time to time just to prevent this thing from happening at all. Let's talk for a moment about wood flooring, for example. Now, wood flooring, we all love it. It's sustainable. It's durable. It will resist just about anything that we can dish out. But remember... It's a natural product, and wood flooring will respond to moisture just like any other wood component in your house. If you've got a temperature-controlled space and the humidity is controlled year-round, you really don't have an issue to be concerned about, and you're saying, that's great, Ken, because I leave my heating and my cooling on, I control the moisture inside the house. But where the problem comes in many times, not paying attention to crawl spaces, we have the opportunity for moisture to get in from that crawl space and to affect the hardwood floor from the bottom side. And depending on the age of the home and how it was installed and whether there's a vapor barrier between the floor and the subfloor, whether there's insulation in that floor space, whether there's a vapor barrier on the crawl space, all of those things have a bearing on how our hardwood floor performs. And so right now I have your attention, and those of you with hardwood floors are looking around saying, I do have some joints that have opened up in the floor. I do have a little cupping in certain areas where the edges turn up just a little bit. Some of you may be saying this happened three years ago, and it's been there, and I don't know why. Well, I'm giving you some reasons why, and I'm going to give you a few solutions here in just a moment as well. First off, you need to be certain that you have a vapor barrier on that crawl space floor. The idea behind that plastic is that it keeps moisture from coming up and affecting not only the structure, the subfloor, but also the finished products that are on top of that subfloor. You don't want moisture in that area. You also want to be certain that you have adequate insulation in that floor with a vapor barrier on it. That's two lines of defense right there. And if you are in the process of installing new floor, you want to put a vapor barrier down between the new hardwood floor and that subfloor. That's a third line of defense. Do yourself a favor. Be sure you have moisture control from the bottom up even if you're doing all the right things on the inside of the room. Now, with that said, wood responds in a lot of different ways. Once the floor is typically cupped, if you've had that problem now, even though you get moisture control in place, it almost never goes back to its original form. You're going to have to refinish the floor. 
But don't refinish that floor. Don't have a finisher come in with a sander and start grinding this down until you have the moisture under control. Should be somewhere around 12, 13, 14% relative humidity, no more than that in your crawl space areas. And you want to be sure that the board itself has no more moisture in it than that. Then it give it an opportunity of a few weeks for it to settle out, for all the moisture to come out, and it's going to finish or settle out at a level that may still not look pretty, but at that point, it's ready to be fit, refinished. So don't let somebody come in and sell you a refinishing job. If you have a moisture problem, solve the problem first. Now, another area that we see issues with this time of year deals with the wood trim, perhaps a mantle around the fireplace or just the doors and jams in an area where you have an open burning wood stove, a fireplace, or maybe you just have gas-fired heat that really dries the inside of that house out. Wood tends to shrink when we pull all the moisture out. It really likes to have a little bit. As I said a moment ago, you want 12, 13, 14%, but you don't want 0%. And wood that's especially exposed to open flame where we have fireplaces shrinks a great deal. Your furniture shrinks, which is why you get these chairs that are rickety. And uh, during the winter months, you say, this thing's pretty loose, but in the summer months, it feels quite nice. You know, it feels solid. But what you want to be sure of if you're doing a project yourself is that you paint all of the wood, all of the trim before you assemble it because it will shrink. Now, there's nothing wrong with it, and you're not going to stop it from shrinking unless you can introduce additional moisture through a humidifier in your house. But assuming you're not going to do that, paint your wood trim, tell your cabinet maker, tell your builder, paint the wood trim, whether it's your doors, your jams, your baseboard material that's being coped, or even if it's being routed and installed in a mortise and tenon fashion. You want to paint anything that could be exposed if that wood shrinks, because, folks, natural wood will when you start throwing heat in that particular space. If you do that, you don't have an issue long-term. You're allowing the wood products to expand and contract normally. You're not seeing these unsightly, unpainted areas as you go through. The other thing I want you to do, not only with the trim, with your doors, I want you to paint and seal the tops of those, the bottom, and the edges. That means the space behind the hinge after it's been mortised. Because these are areas that we continue to pull moisture out, and then we start seeing these elements crack. Now, those are very difficult to repair. They become unsightly, and in some cases, you're saying, now I have to replace it. So this offers an opportunity for you to pay attention to issues that you have, perhaps ways to help resolve that through moisture control and humidity control. And if you're ready to undertake one of your own projects, then you want to think a lot about how you're doing it and also spend some time with your professional, again, cabinet maker, general contractor, or even your painter. Have them come in and paint and prime these products before they're assembled. And you're saying, well, you know, that's great, Ken, but I don't have this kind of control over my project. Really, you do. And I'll tell you, if you're working with a general contractor or any sub that's dealing with woodwork and they're not allowing you to tell them what you want done in order to offer the greatest amount of, of longevity for this product, then you don't need to be working with them. They need to be open-minded. They need to be listening to you. They need to be willing to help solve the problem for you long before it occurs. So whether you're looking to refinish hardwood floors or whether you're having trouble with doors that are splitting, with wood trim that is separating, with mantles that are showing unpainted or unstained wood, these are the reasons why there are solutions to those. Now, after the fact, if you're dealing with it, it's a little more difficult, more time-consuming, but you can paint, and now's the time to do it. In this colder climate, when the wood's exposed, the unpainted finish, have a painter come in. They'll need to do some light sanding so you don't have a cold joint where they're making a transition from the old paint to the new. 
it needs to be spot primed, and then it needs to be repainted accordingly. If you do that, it will expand when you get back into the more humid season. It will go right back into its control joints at that point, the way it's designed to fit, and it will move, expand, and contract from summer to winter. You'll never notice the difference in the future. There are ways to resolve these problems, but the best thing to do is deal with it right up front. Very good. And coming up in just minutes during this edition of Ken the Contractor, Ken's going to be going one-on-one with Bill Schlegel, the Chief Advertising Officer of Lumber Liquidators, and also on our App of the Week. It's a one if you're involved with home maintenance. You have rental properties from the folks from Pojo. And this one costs you $4.99, but as Ken will tell you, it's worth the money. Be listening for the app of the week. That's coming up about a half hour from now. But coming up next on this edition of Ken the Contractor, Ken's going to be taking your calls and also answering your emails. If you have a question for Ken, you can always reach Ken at 800-614-2975. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Welcome back. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Ken Patterson is Ken the Contractor. He's here to answer questions that are important to today's homeowner. Do you have a question about your home inside or out? You can always reach Ken at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. Time for us to go to the phones right now. It's Joe who joins us next right here with Ken the Contractor. Hi, Joe. You're on the air with Ken. Yes, I have a question about a hot water heater. It's my water started smelling like rotten eggs, so I was told that it was a adnode, adnode rod A N O D. I took the rod out and cut it off and put the plug back in. Within two days, the smell was gone, but I figured I should have some kind of a rod in there, so I bought an aluminum rod and put it back in, and now the smell is coming back. So it was only gone for a brief period of time. The odor was gone. Yeah, it it, it left when I took the rod out and cut it off. Uh, then I, when I put the aluminum rod back in, the smell come, starts coming back. Did you check the water to see if you have the problem from the hot water only, or is it also coming it, from the cold water? It just it, just the hot water. Because bacteria is typically the source of this rotten egg smell that we get out of water. It's a chemical reaction. It's the bacteria in the lines. It's a reaction of the, the sulfates and various microorganisms in the water. As I've talked to, to scientists and people that deal with this from time to time over the years, unless you have a natural water supply that may create that, and sometimes sulfur water and others will give people this odor. That's the reason I ask if you checked your cold water as well. Now, are you on a well system or domestic water from a municipality? On a well. I have a water softener unit on the, on the water, too. Uh, the water softener is going to deal with minerals in the water, but it's not going to deal with odor. You can have additional tanks, chemicals. You can modify the water softener system, and the company that sold that to you or services that can deal with this to get rid of this rotten egg odor if it's coming throughout the entire water supply. But again, I go back to your earlier comment. You don't get it on cold water, only on the hot water. The anode rod can help reduce that, but anode rod primarily is in place to help reduce rusting and so forth within the hot water heater itself, not as much for odor. Now, there are specific anode rods that are made to deal with what the industry classifies as smelly water, and that would be a rotten egg odor typically. When you replace the rod, was this one that was sold or designed for that purpose? The hot water tank is just about a year old. It's a little over a year old. It didn't have an aluminum rod in it, no. So I bought an aluminum rod. 
I've sold neighbor better. Well, experts in the industry would say that a zinc aluminum anode rod, which is made mostly of aluminum but has enough zinc to help eliminate or combat this rotten egg smell, would be ideal in this situation to help get rid of your odor problem. I was told that the smell was a bacteria and that I could turn the hot water up high and let the tank stay not used for a couple hours and it would kill that bacteria. Would that work? It's going to have to get pretty hot to do that. Again, that's that's really what's causing this is bacteria in the water. Do you have a UV light on the system? No. Because that would also kill the bacteria just as it flows through the UV light. The only thing I can suggest to you is that you look at an anode rod designed specifically to help get rid of the rotten egg smell within the water. But bacteria is the cause of the odor. It is not the water proper. It's not the way it's coming out of the ground since you're not picking this odor up on your cold water side. The other alternatives would be to go ahead and, and modify your filter system so that you don't have this in the water at all. However, if you come in with clean water and you have no odor and you still have a bacteria problem within the water heater, you're going to regenerate the smell again. Some industry experts also claim that water softeners can increase the problem of smelly water significantly. So there could be an issue or an adjustment that needs to be made on your water softener or the type of chemicals that are being used. This may be an area you want to consult with the supplier or the manufacturer of that particular unit and see if they can offer some help as well. Yeah. So you really need to nail this at the source, and I'd be looking at an anode rod designed specifically to help reduce or eliminate the smelly water altogether. Now, also, the other thing you have to look at is what is the source of the bacteria getting into that water heater? And Have you opened the water heater and flushed it and cleaned it out and chlorinated that? No, I didn't. If I were in your situation, before I spent any more money, especially since you've replaced the rod, I would turn the water supply off. I'd put chlorine in the system so you've got a chlorinated water supply. I would at least chlorinate that area. I would let it sit for a few hours and see if the chlorine kills the bacteria and then allow the water to come back through again and see how it goes from there before I spend any more money. But that would be my initial approach to it because I'm always one to try the least costly options before I start throwing dollars at something. Well, the chlorine, I also read for that you can put peroxide. Would that work? I've used chlorine when I'm looking to get rid of bacteria in any water source or if I want to clean pipes, perhaps in new construction, especially if I've got well water and not domestic water, which typically is chlorinated at the plant. So I know that that will work. It doesn't take a great deal in that water heater. It may only take a cup of chlorine uh, mixed with uh, 50 gallons of water and allow it to sit for a few hours, flush it out completely, be sure the system is, com- is totally turned off, the circuit breaker is off before you do all of this, flush it out, fill it up with water again, turn the breaker back on, and then see what happens from there. There is a bacteria source, the fact that you don't have it in the cold water. I go back to that, and you've got to eliminate that bacteria source. The anode rod that's designed specifically to eliminate this smelly water, if you will, will help with that. But first, I'd want to eliminate the problem. All right. So it'll give you a little something you can do without spending a bunch of money. I'm sure you have some type of chlorine bleach, perhaps, in the laundry room sitting around the house, and it's something you can do in a matter of a few hours without investing another dollar. All right. Remember, once you've refilled the hot water heater, if this continues to be a problem, you may need to reinvest in the zinc aluminum anode rod, or you may need to have some modifications made to your water softer system by the experts that sell and service these units. You've got a bacteria problem, and you really need to get to the bottom of it. Okay. All right. I appreciate the help. We thank you for the call, and thanks for listening. Yes, sir. Thank you. Don't forget, if you have a question for Ken, just like Joe, you can always reach us at 800-614-2975, or you can email your questions to Ken. We've got an email from KenTheContractor.com. 
And Lewis writes to us. Lewis comes to us from St. Francis, South Dakota. And first, Lewis, I have to say my hat's off to you. That whole region of the country has really been dealing with some rugged weather. And I say that because part of your comment says that what you're talking to me about is a good winter job. It says you're remodeling your kitchen. And I believe right now it is a great winter job if you can get out and get the materials you need. I'm removing an old non-vented with, uh, exhaust hood. Said it's, is it worth the expense to install a vented hood when I remodel the kitchen, put in the exhaust lines, the cap on the outside and all the other things that come with that? Or should I just reinstall a non-vented hood? I understand these charcoal filters are better today than they used to be. And I've received a lot of different opinions from my neighbors. What's yours? Well, frankly, that's exactly what I'm going to give you is my opinion. As a professional builder, I really believe in venting every fan we have in the house that's intended to exhaust. Whether that's a bathroom fan, whether it's a kitchen fan, clearly I'm going to have a dryer vented to the exterior. I personally do not like, even though they're there and they serve a good purpose, the non-vented hoods. So the fact that you are gutting this kitchen, according to your email, you're completely redoing this, I would go ahead and spend a few extra dollars, get the vent pipe in place, cut the hole in the outside wall, and buy a vented hood. I think you're going to find several things. One, it not only takes cooking odors out, especially if you're like me occasionally and you'll burn something, but it takes those odors to the outside. It also helps pull moisture from the outside because that is a byproduct of cooking and any gas fumes if you have a gas stove. So clearly my recommendation to you and my opinion is that you should spend a few extra dollars, put the vented hood in place, and do everything proper to go to the exterior. If you have any reservations about it, you might want an electrician or mechanical contractor to come in and work with you. But it sounds like you've got this well under control. And we thank you for paying attention to the show. Don't forget, you can always friend us on Facebook at Ken the Contractor and follow us on Twitter at Ken Answers. If you have a question, give Ken a call, 800-614-2975. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Each weekend, Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor, is right here. He's ready to take your calls, questions about your home, inside or out. Don't forget, you can friend us on Facebook at Ken the Contractor, and also follow us on Twitter at Ken Answers. Time now for this week's edition of One-on-One with Ken the Contractor. Each week, Ken brings you information about products and services from companies and experts he interviews during his travels. All to make your life better, provide options, and save money. Joining us now is Bill Schlegel. Bill is the Chief Mar- Merchandising Officer with Lumber Liquidators. Bill, welcome to the show. Thank you. We're pleased that you could be with us today. You have three specific products that I know you want to discuss today. One has to do with butcher block flooring. So I'm going to let you take it and tell us a little bit about that because that may be unique to a lot of people. Right. Butcher block flooring, is, it is kind of unique. Everybody knows what a, a butcher block countertop looks like. And what we've done is we take parts of the tree or the log that are left over uh, and there's little strips of, uh, in this instance, oak, and we've glued those together and created a floor out of those products that normally would get thrown away or ground up in the uh, sawmill operation and ter- turned it into flooring. And the butcher block look is actually has a scrape and a stain to it, and it looks like a reclaimed floor. It's very popular uh, and very affordable in the store, and it has click technology to it so you can actually snap it together. It doesn't need glue, nor does it need a nail. Uh, you can snap it and float it any level of your uh, of your house, basement or main floor. So you've got two pluses. One, it's a green product. You're That's not right. wasting anything. That's Nothing's right. going into the landfill. It's not going out there in the environment. You are recycling or using all of these products. Secondly, it sounds to me like it's an ideal product for the do-it-yourselfer. That's correct. It sure is. The click technology really helps that customer. 
Well, let's move forward with that because you also have another Click technology product. You're calling it Click Vinyl. That's right, and uh, everybody's used to the old sheet vinyl that they have in their kitchens or, or wherever, and uh, it's a, it was all glued down, very difficult to install. The technology now in vinyl is they've developed a strip that looks like wood uh, or it looks like ceramic tile or stone, and you click it together and float it very easily, similar to a laminate flooring. It's easy to install, and the look and the feel of that floor are, are really well done, so it's very soft underfoot. They actually hand scrape it and emboss it so it, the real look, it has a real look of wood to it. Very affordable as well. Now, what are some of the wear qualities of this? I know when there are new products, I'll get questions from time to time. Will it perform as well as the old glue-down materials? It'll actually perform as well or better than the glue-down material. The type we're carrying is a 4-millimeter click, and it actually could be used in a light commercial operation as well. And what about the finish from a maintenance standpoint? We've had so many different types of finishes over the decades on vinyls. Will this be one that takes very little maintenance? Because knowing most of your products, I think I can answer that. Good question, Ken. It is maintenance-free. I mean, you just clean it up with soap and water, and, and you're on your way with it. For a high-traffic area, a place that are prone to pets, children, and maybe your husband bringing mud in on the shoes occasionally, this happens to be ideal, whether you're in a Florida environment or you happen to be in Minnesota dealing with, with snow. You're absolutely right. It's easy to clean up, easy to install, and you can put it in any room of the house or in the basement. Now, roughly... What number, if you will, of product finishes do they have to select from in this click vinyl? Because I don't want them to leave this interview thinking, well, we only have two or three choices. You've alluded to some. We have about uh, 12 different choices of it uh, and probably more to come. And uh, we have two in a stone look, and then we have about eight in an actual wood finish look in the popular colors of wood. And then we have a couple other colors in in some uh, other uh, wood-related We're speaking with Bill Schlegel with Lumber Liquidators. And, Bill, I want to go to another item that has been popular for a number of years now, but I know it continues to accelerate in its demand, and that is because, again, it's a green product. It can be readily replenished. That's bamboo. And I know you carry a pretty substantial line of bamboo. Yeah, there's some differences in bamboo. Uh, What we carry, we carry two kinds. We carry a horizontal bamboo, which is what everybody has probably seen in the past, and it's softer and it, it looks like bamboo. The real trend is on strand bamboo where they hand scrape it and they can wire brush it and stain it and it doesn't even look like bamboo. And the beauty of strand is very hard and it can be installed in all levels of the house again and uh, also comes with click technology. Well, one other thing I see, this comes with a 100-year transferable warranty? Well, actually not that particular bamboo. Okay. Our bamboo uh, comes with a 30-year warranty. However, we are developing... At my age, that's still pretty substantial. <laughs> I want to tell you that. But you've got a Bellawood pre-finished bamboo. We will have one. It's, okay, it's so you haven't out. revealed it yet. It, we have not. We have, we've announced it, and it'll be out mid-year. Okay, so we're telling you there's something else to look forward to. If the 30-year warranty is not good enough for you, if you want to buy that 100-year for the Bellawood pre-finished bamboo flooring will be out June, July or so of this year? Absolutely it will. And the, and the nice thing about the 100-year uh, warranty is it's transferable. So if you sell your house... That warranty will stay with the new homeowner, and nobody has that in the industry. And I'm not sure that a lot of homeowners recognize that many warranties on products go away when they sell the home. They're established or they're put into effect for that initial consumer only. That's right, and ours 
stays with the home and the new customer will maintain that warranty. So that's unique, and it's also a good selling point if you're if you're selling your house. Now, Lumber Liquidators is a well-recognized business throughout this country. You've got 285 locations, and you have more products than we could possibly have time to talk about. I know that you have more than 340 first-quality flooring varieties for people to come in and look at. We've touched on just a few of those and some of the new items that are coming out today. Quickly, what are a few of the other items, maybe some of the most popular? Hopefully folks know about it, but if they don't, you've got a quick opportunity. Bamboo, naturally, is is really where the trend is. We carry a full line of laminate flooring. We also have Bellawood, which is the 100-year transferable warranty in a, in a variety of different products, and that's probably uh, the best value that you can get for your money. Uh, is to have a transferable warranty and a extremely good products with seven layers of coating on it. When folks are visiting your retail facilities, one of the things they can count on is finding a flooring expert at every location as opposed to going to some place that sells 10,000 items and people don't know everything they should about flooring. That's your field of expertise. That's what they're going to find. It is, and I, we're really proud of our people. Uh, they, they're very good. They know the products. and they, they will. Nobody comes into the store that really, they really don't know what they're ready to buy and they need some help with the purchase. They may know what their color is, but they don't know what type of floor. And our store personnel are extremely well-trained to help them make that decision. Bill, for the 340-plus products that you have and all the other information that we've talked about today and some we just can't, where can folks go to find all of that information? You can actually go to uh, lumberliquidators.com. That's a great way to find it. It's a wonderful website to really do your initial education. And then you can go to our 285-plus locations, and our associates will be more than happy to take care of you. We've been speaking with Bill Schlegel with Lumber Liquidators. Bill, we've been pleased to have you with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ken. That's this week's edition of One-on-One with Ken the Contractor. You know, when you're looking to finish that project this weekend or looking to add a new appliance or something down the line, I do want to remind you, uh, Ken the Contractor always urges you to look for the Made in the USA label. And when we spend a dollar locally, you hear me say this over and over again, when we're buying American-made products, folks, that dollar stays here and it has the opportunity to come back and benefit us at a later date. And I don't mind telling you, as a builder and for the, my uh, other builder friends and associates, not only in the area that I live in, but those that I know around the country and as I go to various seminars and meetings, we're doing our part to spend money in the U.S. to keep the dollars here. So I want to encourage you to buy those products that are made in America. Let's employ folks in this country. Let's keep those dollars working for us in and around our backyard because I promise you they'll come back to visit us one more time. Ken Patterson is Ken the Contractor. Do you have a question about your home inside or out? You can always reach Ken at one 800 614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. Or you can send him questions to the website, kenthecontractor.com. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Welcome back. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Ken Patterson is Ken the Contractor. He's here weekends at this time taking your calls. 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. As we go back to the phones right now, it's John who joins us right now. John, thanks for waiting. You're on the air with Ken the Contractor. Go right ahead. Hi. Uh, hi, Ken. Hey, uh, I have a problem with mold in my attic. Uh, I have a 200-year-old-plus farm brick farmhouse. Uh, I had an HVAC air conditioning system installed, uh, which has the air handler in the attic. Uh, after it was installed, I started to get mold in the attic. Uh, the manufacturer came down and looked at it, so did the installer, and they couldn't figure out where it was coming from. Their suggestion was 
if there was inadequate ventilation in the attic. The attic has a uh, raised uh, tin roof on it. I had two uh, hydrostatic vents installed in the attic. One, there's two parts of the attic, and I had louvers cut into the windows. And that seemed to clear up a lot of the mold in the attic itself, but now I've gotten mold between the attic and the ceiling of the uh, second floor. And it's so bad that the uh, boards are starting to warp from uh, expansion. And I pulled one up, and the insulation is wet. The vents in the in the rooms are uh, like an inch and a half hole in the ceilings, and they are plugged. You know, they they the unit doesn't work in the wintertime. It's just sitting up there. I don't use it as a heat pump at all in the wintertime. It's just uh, it's just sitting up there. So th- that's not your heat source during the winter. It's just an air conditioning unit. Yeah, that's, yeah, right. I mean, that's you know, a- yeah, we turn it off. Okay, so that I, I thought when I asked you this was a heat pump that that really was your primary source and you had given up on the hot water baseboard heat, but you're still using that. Yeah, right. That really changes the equation then. That really makes this more perplexing. Uh, to me, that says that as, as if that unit goes away, you don't turn it on, the fan's not operating, the heat pump cycle is not engaged whatsoever. What's happened now is you're back to the old attic space, just like people are with the basement. It's going to be all about air movement, especially if you're not using this in the wintertime. That's not contributing to anything at all. It, I don't see how it can. It's completely mm-hmm. off. It's as if it did not exist. Exactly, exactly. And yet that unit has that moisture inside it. You know, if I, if I pull the cover off the side plate on the thing, I can see into, into the return collection box. But and if, there's raindrops in there. All right, but now are you... is. The the warm air that you're creating inside the home, since you're using the baseboard heat, it still has an opportunity to get back in this ductwork, does it not? If your ductwork starts, if it originates in the attic space, that hot air is going to rise. It's going to work its way back through the ductwork. Okay, now that like I said, the ducts are each duct has a plug in it right now. You've got a grill, so you've got the you have the ceiling grills closed off. Yes, and also the return, I. Uh, I close that off with a one-inch duckboard insulation. I still believe that's going to be a contributing factor. I'm just thinking through the operation of the system and condensation and how it's formed and the different temperatures that we have. You've certainly eliminated some insulation around there. You should have insulated ductwork, but you're telling me that the unit is sweating and it's off. And that says that it has to have some degree of heat somehow on the inside of it. And there, in order for it to condensate with the cold air that's in that attic space. Now, you, when you say it's off, have you turned the thermostat off, or have you actually turned the breaker off to the unit? I didn't turn the breaker off, but as I, you know, the unit, the, the control, the thermostat on the wall is on and off. Okay, I'm going to make one more suggestion to you. <laughs> See if this eliminates the moisture. Turn the breaker off to the unit. This should not happen, but there's a possibility that the heat strip or a defrost cycle or something at some point is engaging. If you have it turned down as low as you can get it, that it may be engaging and it's creating enough heat that is causing some condensation up there. But if you turn the power off and this goes away, you know clearly that that's an issue with that unit. If you're not using okay. it at all, just turn the power off at the breaker panel and see if the moisture inside that unit doesn't subside. And it should go away within a day or so to if this has been what's happening. Because a heat pump goes into a defrost cycle even during uh, 20 degrees. Um and there may be something happening, a backup heat strip that's coming on when it shouldn't be. That's that's something else for you to check. Just turn the breaker off and see if this goes away. 
that's the first constructive piece of in, piece of information I've had from anybody ever. And like this has been going on for like five years. Wow, I thought this was new within the last year. I don't know. Well, it's it's been, well, it's been just getting worse and worse. And the the guy would come out and he'd wrap a little more insulation out and said that's all the problem. And then uh, they, well, the roofs. Do no. they know you're not using this in the winter time? Yeah, sure. Well, I, okay. I yeah, I don't know. I mean, I have okay. a, I have another heating system. I you know well, I don't I didn't specifically remember telling them I am not going to use it in the winter time. I can't. But they I told can't. me to they told me to plug the vents. So if the vents are plugged, you can't use the system. I can't tell you this will solve your problem. Sometimes you just have to do more investigative work, but clearly the issue relates to this unit being installed. When you told me you weren't using it in the winter, all of a sudden my earlier comments were not valid. Then I had to start thinking about how are you getting heat into this unit to create condensation. That's the only way it happens is you've got one surface hot, you've got one surface cold, you've got raindrops being formed, you've got mold and mildew being created, and there could be some part of this unit that is engaging even when you shove the thermostat down. You'll have at least one, if not two, auxiliary heat strips that are electric heat strips you will also have a heat pump that uh, if it's not shut off totally if it comes on you got it set for 50 degrees if that's the coldest it may come on long enough that it engages a heat strip it warms that unit up creates some condensation you're not feeling the air because to you you've got it shut off so i would investigate that but the best thing to do if the problem occurred after you installed it turn the power off assume it doesn't even exist up there and see if this moisture goes away okay i will do that give us a call back let us know and I will do that also. Uh, again, I really appreciate the, the return. I, well, you, you give it a shot and see if that doesn't help you. Thank you very much, Ken. You're welcome. Take John, care. thanks a lot and good luck. Okay. Time now for us to bring you the app of the week. What's the deal with this week, Ken? Well, I'll tell you, I know you're like I am and so many other people are out there. We are so busy, it's difficult for us to remember home maintenance items. When we remember it is when we have a problem and things quit working. Then we're in real trouble. So what I want to give you is this week's app of the week. It's for all of you that have a Mac, an iPod, an iPhone, an iPad, and there'll be some similar apps also if you've got an Android phone out there. But it's called Home Maintenance. It's put out by Pojo, P-O-J-O Software, Inc. Anyway, it's called Home Maintenance. And what this does is lets you set schedules up and you are reminded. You don't have to remember this. And for those of you that may have rental properties or a beach home, and you're saying, I don't remember when we changed the AC filters last. I don't know when we changed the filter on the refrigerator, the cartridges in there. I don't remember when we have uh, dealt with, uh, with certain maintenance items that just should be done maybe just once every two or three years. This app, Home Maintenance by Pojo Software, takes care of all those problems for you. It's an application that tracks the upkeep of your biggest investment, obviously your homes, your rental properties. It alerts you when it's time to do certain things. It also allows you to keep track of the cost for the items that you have spent to date, and that's a big benefit when it comes tax time, especially if you have investment properties. And even in your own home, if you've logged something in in January, you've forgotten about it the following February or so doing your taxes, if it qualified for tax credits, it's right there in your phone. It also allows you to email all of this information to your desktop so that you can print it, you can file it, you can keep it in an electronic file form. As I said, it's very user-friendly. This is not one of the free ones. I frequently talk about free ones. This one will cost you $4.99, folks. But in my experience, if it saves you some tax dollars and if it saves you some maintenance, it's well worth it. App of the Week, Home Maintenance by Pojo, P-O-J-O, Software, Inc. And record-keeping and all that stuff so important, and particularly with the replacement issues that you were talking about. Happened in my house the other day. We pulled a light bulb. We said, ah, darn, didn't write down. We put it in again. 
That'll do it for this hour of Ken the Contractor. Don't forget, each week Ken is here to answer questions that are important to you, today's homeowner. For Ken Patterson, I'm Jim Britt. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Ken the Contractor. You've been listening to Ken the Contractor. Every weekend at this time, Ken the Contractor, Ken Patterson is here taking your calls. Don't forget, you can friend Ken on Facebook at Ken the Contractor and follow him on Twitter at Ken Answers. And if you're looking for home improvement information at any time, go to KenTheContractor.com.